Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. What an optimistic start to 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 this show. It was sincere. That's what that one was. It was a sincere. <laughs> I felt I felt the sincerity all the way through. There was there there was nothing. Nobody would ever question the sincerity of that. No, that you know I mean it when you, when you hear me say it like that. You know this time I mean it. Usually I don't, but this time I do. It it was it was it was very clear. It was very clear. So. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's actually a lot of really interesting things for us to talk about this week. Not that we'll do a good job of that, but but there are some interesting things. But before we get started, I do want to uh, catch up our listeners on the uh, Tip Your Cap campaign, uh, which has been running now for a couple of weeks and is still going to run uh, until, uh, and I'm putting air quotes around this, opening day. Uh, when baseball <laughs> is uh, supposed to be starting. See yeah. the air quotes around that, please. Um, July 23rd is when, uh, when that is supposed to happen. Uh, this campaign will go on as, uh, I'm sure many of, you know, we are, uh, having a, mostly a social media, but also an online campaign, uh, asking people to tip their caps to the Negro leagues on this hundredth anniversary, uh, of the birth of the Negro leagues in Kansas city. And the campaign has been absolutely extraordinary. I, I, it's beyond belief, uh, to me, what what has happened? Uh, I think Mike and I teased it uh, a couple weeks ago by saying that that uh, it would blow your mind, and uh, we then launched the campaign with uh, the four living former presidents all tipping their caps uh, to the Negro Leagues: uh, Hank Aaron, four generations of Jackie Robinson's family, uh, players, athletes, celebrities uh, across. The board, business leaders. I mean, it has been it has been hundreds and hundreds of of extraordinary people and thousands uh, of us regular schmoes uh, tipping their caps to the Negro Leagues. It's been amazing and wonderful. I want to thank everybody who has been involved and everybody who's been watching this. Uh, like I say, it will go on for a couple more weeks. We still have some pretty cool things that we're hoping to unveil, uh, but it's been. You know, I, I was speaking with with Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Of course, it was his uh, inspiration that 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 started this campaign. And we were saying that this is a moment when you look at all the media that's covered it. I mean, it's been on all the all the shows, all the morning shows. CBS Evening News has done a couple of big stories on this. All the papers uh, that this is really a moment that is probably unprecedented for, for the Negro leagues, as far as, uh, as far as the attention, uh, the respect that's being paid around the country. So could not thank you all enough. Thank you, Mike. You've, you've played a, a very, uh, prominent role in it as well in helping out. And of course, tipping your own cap. It's been, uh, it's been really special, really well, two special. Thing, two things to say about this. The first thing is, uh, well, three things. One is it, it's amazing. It's so cool to yeah. say every day to see more and more people just take a moment to acknowledge this yes. part of history as part of sports history and cultural history and American history that has been overlooked for so long that that in itself is has been wonderful. The second thing is, um, okay, bear with me here. It, I remember this joke from an episode of family ties. There was an episode of family ties <laughs> where I think the family went to, went to England or something. And there was this joke that I still remember where it was just a quick shot of everybody's passports. 
So the parents put their passports down and they have a sort of boring black and white photo of uh, the parents. And then, you know, Alex P. Keaton puts his passport down, boring black and white photo. And then Tina Yothers' character puts her passport down, boring black and white photo. And then Mallory, the older sister who is very image conscious, puts her passport down and it was like a full color, like (laughs) modeling shot. It was like a funny little joke. I bring this up only to say that watching all these photos come in and it's so great. You see every single, you know, Reggie Jackson and, and, you know, current athletes, Mike Trout and, and you Darvish and all these players. Uh, and they're all great. They're all cool photos. And then Michael Jordan comes in (laughs) (laughs) and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan has a a photo of himself that looks like he hired an entire crew, a professional (laughs) lighting crew of guys and ladies to come in and light him in the most incredibly impressive and dramatic way that you could possibly imagine. (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. It was like, this guy is just, he's just, nobody is better at, at PR than Michael Jordan. (laughs) It's amazing. It's truly amazing. And that, that like made me, I was both, it was one of the first photos uh, that went up on the site and, and it was obviously like any, any kind of sports related historical kind of collection of people that you're trying to get to do anything. If you get Michael Jordan, you've won. Like he's the guy, right? There's nobody bigger than him. Nope. You know, who else is even in his league? So it made me so happy. But then also it made me so happy to see how much care and attention he put into the way that his (laughs) photograph was composed. Uh, And then the last thing I want to say is um, I, uh, so I, the cap that I tipped was a Memphis Red Sox hat. Yes. Uh, Memphis Red Sox, 1938 Negro Leagues champion Memphis Red Sox. I've had it for a while now, but uh, uh, it was put to its best possible use for this particular campaign. It's a great hat. It fits really well. I bought it from the Negro Leagues Museum. Um, you can They have an online store if anyone's interested in buying merch. They have really cool merch there. Like, fun uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, like really fun stuff. of, And not just like the, the teams that everyone knows about, but like, you know, deep cut team. The Memphis Red Sox were not... If you look them up, like they don't have a lot of famous players. You know, Oscar Charleston didn't play for the Memphis Red Sox and uh, Josh Gibson didn't play for the Memphis Red Sox. Right. But but they still have like their shirt and their their cap and stuff. It's cool. So I encourage everyone to go support them that way. Um, But I did have this moment when I was writing my tweet, uh, which was when I wrote, you know, 1938 Champs, where I was like, you know, if I had always primarily been a Memphis Red Sox fan instead of a Boston <laughs> Red Sox fan. I, I would have had, you know, 20 fewer years of misery behind me because the right. Red Sox hadn't won since 1918. The Memphis Red Sox won in 20 uh, in 1938. A and B, I wouldn't have had to suffer the moral anguish of rooting for a racist franchise <laughs> for all this time because it, it would have been the opposite. It would have been, I would have been rooting for like the, the good guys instead of the bad guys. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I had this weird moment where I was like, God, I should have been, a, I, I should have devoted as much time to uh, Memphis Red Sox fandom as I did to Boston Red Sox fandom. And then everything would have been a lot better in my life. Well, so, and as, as you made the point, if you were, if you were a devoted Memphis Red Sox fan, uh, you don't feel the pain of Mookie uh, bets getting traded, right? I mean, no. It's like, and thank at- you for bringing that up again. That's nice of you. To <laughs> did you that. know? Did you know that he got traded? Was, was- I did. I had. I had heard that. I, yeah. I can't remember where, but I had heard that <laughs> that that happened. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're not going to have a season, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> 
we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute, about the season in a minute. But but here's something we're going to talk about uh, first because it has been a prominent theme on this show, and it now feels like there is something going to happen. Uh, for those of you, I'm sure everybody knows this, uh, but last week uh, the Washington football team uh, facing enormous financial pressures finally uh, as FedEx basically told them to change the name. And I think a bunch of other advertisers uh, fell in behind. The Washington football team has announced that they are going to review the name. I love this. I love that they're going to review the name uh, and and make a determination whether or not uh, to change it after, uh, I don't know, 60, 70 years of, of blatant racism. Uh, they've decided they're going to change the name. And shortly after that, the Cleveland uh, baseball team made uh, the same announcement that they okay. were going to review and and possibly change the name. This has obviously been a big cause for both of us. Uh, so, so first of all, just off the top of your head, what what was your reaction to all of this? I mean, happiness. Obviously, it's uh, you know the Washington football team was founded in like 1932 or something. Right. And so. they were, they were originally called the Braves because they played in the same stadium as the Boston Braves. And then they moved to Fenway park, I think. And they want the owner wanted to have a name that evoked the, um, the same uh, name as the Red Sox. And so they changed it to its current uh, name. And, right. and, uh, so anyone who claims that there's that this is like, um, you know, like Daniel Snyder is constantly claiming that the, it's actually no, you don't understand. It's actually a good thing. That's right. just, that's, been, it's, that's been no, no, you guys are wrong. I'm <laughs> and so it's it's garbage. It's obviously nonsense. It's uh, it's straight up racism. It's rooted in evil. And by the way, as long as we're talking about it, as if the Red Sox history needs anything worse to be associated <laughs> with in the arena of racist uh, uh, sports stuff. Um, but so obviously, happiness is the first thought. It, however, I really wish that it hadn't been. Uh, kicking and screaming right you know right. like that that's you can't get around that like it, it eventually uh got to the point where he you know fedex the guy who owns fedex owns part of the team yeah and so and, and they sponsored and they have naming rights on the stadium so them coming out and saying you know it, it was the equivalent of rudy gobert testing positive it was the when the league was just like all right well now we got to shut everything down right so when fedex says publicly the name should change. He doesn't have a choice. He's got to do it. And so, yes, of course, happiness, relief. I mean, I'll feel, frankly, relief when it actually happens, not when he announces that it might happen. Of course. Um, but, uh, but I just wish, I just so wish it had been in some other way than kicking and screaming because well, it, you can't help but feel like it's not sincere. He doesn't want to do it. He's doing it against his will. And I guess whatever, you'll take what you can get. Like, you know, yeah, it, it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. But I, it's just, it's a such a bummer that it had to be this way, which is, oh, the money's going away. And so now, or the money might go away. So now I have to do it instead right. of I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. Well, there, there are two thoughts I have on that um, because, you know, and the first thought it relates directly to, to uh, what we talked about, because we talked about uh, this several weeks ago. And we said it more in a joking way, I think at the time, because we just, because Dan Snyder is the worst and you just can't uh, ever expect him to do anything uh, 
the right way, even kicking and screaming. But we talked about how good it would be in this moment, you know, and and in in this national moment uh, where where people are looking for social justice and they're in the streets uh, protesting, and it it would have been really good for for the for for the you know Snyder and and Washington to say, you know what? Okay, look, we don't we don't believe the name is racist, all right, but we see what's happening in the world. We we understand that times change and we're going to change the name. I mean, if they had done that, would that have been perfect? Of course not. They should have done it 20 years ago, but, but it would have been something. So, so, you know, there was an opportunity here. And, and the thing that's frustrating about that is I don't, it, it's so unrealistic that they thought they were going to keep that name forever. I mean, it's so unrealistic that to think that eventually money wouldn't get behind changing the name. I mean, it's, it's so blatant and so obvious. I mean, it's the worst of all of them. I mean, we can talk about, you know, the Blackhawks and the Braves and the Chiefs and the Indians and all these others. And, and, and they're worth talking about, but it was always clear that Washington was all alone in its own, in its own category uh, of blatant racism. And, and, you know, that, that's, that's something that they, it, they were going to have to change it anyway. Why not do it on your own accord and do it in a way that that uh, at least expresses some level of empathy? It's it's disappointing. But here's the second thing, and 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 this is more, I think, directly uh, directly affects this. Going kicking and screaming guarantees a larger backlash. I think. You know, I think if 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 Washington fans who are going to backlash anyway. Uh, as all fans will, you know, they, they just that we know that's the reality. But if they're going to backlash knowing deep in their hearts that the team didn't want to do it anyway, I mean, that's a different kind of backlash than if the team comes out forcefully and says enough, you know what, we are we are going to be about respect here. We are going to be about uh, about something larger. The name has served its purpose. We're moving on. And you know, we hope our fans will come along with us, but we are come, we're going with or without them. I mean, we're, we're moving on. Okay. Then you have fans who backlash, but they're backlashing against the name. They're backlashing against the team. I think it's a lot different when you sort of know that the guy on the top is sympathizing with your cause. Don't you think? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, look there, we generally avoid politics here on the podcast because we generally avoid anything meaningful, (laughs) but there's a direct parallel between, you know, government leaders who hemmed and hawed about wearing masks, let's say, and people who were like, Hey, we're doing this. This is what everybody's doing. And there's a tangible effect that's different in version A and version B. And I think if he comes out and says, listen, Um, you know, I'm, I'm the owner of this franchise and I love it and it's meaningful to me. Um, but also I under, I completely understand the, or even if you, even if you don't, even if you're lying, just lie, man, you know, just, (laughs) just, just just pretend, just pretend because you need like for better or worse, the owners do set the tone for the franchise. And so come out and just say, just simply declare it and say, we see this as a huge opportunity to move the team into the 21st century and blah, 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 whatever you want to say. And and then I think it, you're right. I think it goes over differently. And that, of course, there is going to be a significant chunk of fans who will maintain what is my personal least favorite argument for anything, which is this is the way it's always been done. Right. Anytime anybody is saying this is the way it's always been done, that person has just decided not to consider any option. 
And so that's going to happen no matter what. But if you're confident and you see it as a positive thing and an opportunity and whatever, it, it just has, it goes down differently. And, and the length of time that it's an issue is shortened considerably. Right. And I will say that the, you know, the Cleveland baseball team uh, has been moving toward this already. They, they're, yes. it's a little bit kicking and screaming, but, but they also, I mean, a couple of years ago, they changed uh, Chief Wahoo went away right. on their logo and they went back to the C, which is a way better, cooler uh, logo, by the way, yes. that hat, that hat looks way better. And, um, and, you know, I think that they saw there was a playoff game uh, a few years ago. I don't remember when, when there was a crowd shot and there were fans in full, essentially yes. red face yep. uh, with full, you know, uh, red face paint on. And I think, I think they just thought like, well, this, we can't have this. This yeah, is not okay. This is not, not okay. this that's not okay. And, and so they were already moving in this direction and the, and Snyder was definitively not moving in this direction. <laughs> Snyder, um, they, they, you know, he came out, uh, whatever it was in 2013, I think. And, and had that whole thing where he was like, here's the deal. 80% of Native Americans say that they're cool with it. And then it was like, well, wait a second. Who did you ask exactly? It turned out it turned out to people who self-identified as Native American, but there was no no one ran a, a, a – uh, there were no fact checkers running. running uh, no, up. no. And it, so, you know, he, he has been from the beginning defiant. Um, his only argument has been, I've liked this team since I was six years old. And therefore I don't, and it means something to me and therefore I don't have to change it. It's just, it's been so weak and lame. So anyway, the, the long and short of it is I, I, at the end of the day with something like this, you don't particularly care how it happens as right. long as it happens. Uh, I, it, it, there were, but that doesn't mean there aren't better and worse ways for it to happen. This is one of the worst ways for it to happen, which is it, it's very obviously now and forever a cynical financial decision instead of a moral or ethical decision, whatever, who cares? Like just change it, man. It's, it's disgusting and lame and you gotta, you gotta move on. Yeah. Well, look, I, the, there, there are a couple of, of, of uh, sort of offshoots of that. One is you talk about Cleveland changing Wahoo uh, a couple of years ago, man, pull the bandaid off, then change the name. I mean, here's, here's the thing that, that was crazy about that. I was talking about this with a, with a, a, a really devoted Cleveland uh, uh, Indians fan uh, just yesterday. And we were, we were discussing this and he said, and, and he's a hundred percent right. He said, once they got rid of Wahoo, there was nothing left to do with the name. Right. Like, like how, like you, you can't, what logo are you going to put up? With that name, you know, they tried like that crooked eye, that like script eye, like that made no sense to anybody. But you know, you can't use Wahoo, so what are you going to use now? Like, you're going to use an arrowhead, like they do in in Kansas City. Can't do that. Or what are you going to use? Like a feather? I mean, like what what cliche and and harmful image of of Native Americans are you left to use uh, with that name? So the answer was, once you've changed, said we're not going to use Wahoo anymore. Change the name right then and there. I mean, and and that's well, for your own benefit. I think. I, I I look. It's possible that would have been a right move. I don't blame them though for doing it in stages because it get it's it's it is less of a shock to the system. Oh, I agree for with the that. fans. Right. So there is you know there's something to be said for like, hey, you still reckon? Look, we just made this one change. You still recognize the team, same team, same field, same colors, whatever. 
same nickname, you know, you're still calling the same thing and you get used to that. And then the Overton window shifts a little bit and it's like, Hey, you know what? We're going to do this. Like I, I, that I think that's, I don't necessarily think that's, um, better or worse i'm not sure it, it might have been better to rip the band-aid off and just do it all in one well, fell because the healing starts the fans start to heal faster <laughs> that way or something um i don't know i mean uh, uh, look it's it's a tough situation because people are irrational as we well know right. when it comes to sports fandom people don't think clearly they don't take larger issues of social justice into consideration all they know is it's my, that's my team. I have the Jersey. I rooted for them. I went to the stadium with my dad or my mom when I was eight, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's, you're not, you're not going to get a sort of thoughtful and considered response. No, it's emotional. From a court. It's, it's all emotional. emotional. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm happy that the, uh, that Cleveland is, was already moving in that direction. I'm happy they're going to move further in that direction. I laugh very hard when I think of, um, I shouldn't, but I laugh to myself when I think of how full of pain Daniel Snyder is right now, because <laughs> like, he just, he doesn't want to be doing this and he's a terrible dude. And, and I, and it kind of makes me uh, happy and that's bad. I shouldn't give into that base instinct. Um, but I will remind everyone, if you don't know this, that in 2010, a journalist named Dave McKenna wrote a, like a, a an article for the Washington city paper called, um, like a cranky Redskins fan guide to Daniel Snyder. And it was a, it was a terrible thing, at least one and, and usually more than one terrible thing that Daniel Snyder had done for every letter of the alphabet. And, um, and one of them, the one I remember the clearest was that Snyder Snyder bought um, expired bags of peanuts from an airline that had gone out of business and then sold them in the stadium for like $8 <laughs> a bag or whatever. And they were like, expi- like he was selling expired peanuts. I mean, it was, and, and in my memory, I'll have to double check this. In my memory, the logo of the airline that had gone out of business was still on the bags of peanuts. Like, this is a bad dude. Like, he's just a bad, awful guy. So um, I'm, I'm happy that, that it's funny when a, when a bad person is forced to do the right thing and you know that it makes him angry. Yeah, no, I agree. I I don't, I don't think that's even a base instinct. I think that's, that's funny because it's not, we're not asking him to suffer. We're just asking him to do the right thing. And, and, and the fact that that brings him great pain is very, very funny. I it think is. It, it really it's, is. <laughs> it's really quite hysterical. By the way, I agree with you on, on the, on the layers uh, for Cleveland. I wasn't saying this. I mean, look, I would have, been fine if they had changed the name right then and there i was saying once you take the logo uh take chief wahoo away eventually you're going to change the name i, I right, just it's, right. you know i mean it's just it's it's part of the thing there's one other thing and and then i want to move on from this but there's one other thing i want uh to just mention and i think this is if you think about it logically it's obvious but i don't see a lot of people talking about it because i see a lot of people writing uh, or, or saying or talking about exactly what you brought up earlier, which is how many uh, Native Americans are offended by the name or are bothered by the name. And and that's one way to ask the question, right? But there, the other way to ask the question is how many of you think the name is good for Native Americans, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and I don't know, I don't think 80% of, of Native Americans are going to be like, oh yeah, no, it's great for us. It's, it's awesome. Um, and and it reminds me that you know it is such an emotional thing but think about think about a guy like Dan Snyder okay so he grew up with that team and in his mind that name represents 
you know, all these great, you know, moments in football and they represent John Riggins and Joe Theismann. And, and then of course, going way back to, to, to the earlier days of the team and, and, and they represent a culture to him, right? Like a football culture to him. And it's so like, it bothers me, but it, it, it's, it doesn't baffle me because it is emotional how people can't think that maybe that pales in comparison with actually being a native American and what that name represents to them. I don't understand how you can feel so strongly that the name matters and at the exact same time feel so strongly that the name shouldn't matter to to the people who are actually directly affected by it. Right. It you know? matters it matters the right way to me and the wrong way to you. <laughs> right. It's such a crazy <laughs> thought. Yeah, it's like and and you know, whatever. We don't we don't have to drive this into the ground, but um but it really is a it it is a shockingly small amount of perspective to yes, have right. on the world. It's like it, it's like he's you're right. He's saying in those in that in that letter he wrote. He wrote an open letter to fans uh, seven years ago that was explaining why he was never going to change the name and ever. And it was put all it in this capital sort of, letters, right? Is yeah, that what he said? Never ever. You can put it in capital letters. Yeah, and and um, but what he was arguing passionately was that the name has meaning. And right. so to right. not understand that the name might have a different meaning that other people might feel equally passionately or perhaps more passionately about <laughs> right. is is a shocking lack of self-awareness that yeah. is is deeply um, disturbing and uh, perhaps unparalleled in, in modern history. <laughs> so congratulations, Daniel Snyder. Well, welcome. Welcome to self-reflection. He's whatever he is, 57 years old or something. He is currently, he's currently experiencing self-reflection potentially, I think for the first time in his entire life. And uh, it's great, man. You're going to love it. It's really fun. Like, it's really fun to like, to think about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 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 a whole different it's a whole different feeling. By the way, uh, we should point out that you mentioned uh, this on Twitter, and it's true. It would be it be it be dark comedy, but it would uh, be deeply funny if at the end of the review he said, "Nope, name's fine." Yeah, we reviewed it, and uh, I've concluded that everything's cool. I really, I perversely hope that he does that. Someone also, it wasn't my joke. I wish I, it had been because it's a great joke. Is someone tweeted? Um, uh, in quotes, like, uh, going forward, henceforth, uh, after reviewing everything, we shall now be known as the DC Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say that I, I have a, I have a particular fear, which I think is, is going to come true, which is that he's going to choose a name that is evocative of native American imagery. And he's going to continue to use native American imagery uh, it is like a, like a, a, a get out of jail free card, kind yeah. of like a backdoor way to, to like, just to, just to, cause I, cause again, when you do things kicking and screaming, your instinct isn't to, you know, actually, um, sort of go along with what the other person wants. Your instinct no. is to troll, right? right. So he's right. going to, he's going to choose, mark my words, he's going to choose warriors and as the name, he's not going to choose Red Tails, which would be a, a nod to the Tuskegee Airmen and or um, or and, and history, by the way. Right. Um, he's or- going to choose. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to choose warriors. And the and the the design of the logo is going to be a spear 
and it's going to have a Native American feather coming off it. And there's going to be all sorts of references and, and, you know, Chief Wahoo's like shadow or, or whatever their, whatever their, whatever theirs is. Look, yeah. Is yeah. Like his, there will be like, it'll be embedded in there somewhere. Like it's, it's going to be the ultimate, like, okay, fine here kind of like lamest possible concession to popular sentiment or to, um, to, um, you know, to non-racist sentiment. That's, I, that's what I think he's going to do. I don't think it's going to be a revolution. I think he's going to be like, he's going to do the bare minimum in other words. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And, and with a, with a total, you know, uh, thumbing his nose. I mean, yeah, the trolling thing is coming, which is, which is a shame because it's not like Washington doesn't have 10 million potential nicknames, by the way. I mean, of and course. same thing with Cleveland. I mean, that's what I keep saying. It's like, look, even if, even if you are, uh, you know, a Washington uh, fan who, who doesn't see any problem with the name, which, you know, obviously there are many, many thousands of those who don't see any problem with the name. It has no connection to your city. None. None. Zero. And, and, and the same thing in Cleveland. I mean, obviously there were plenty of native Americans who, who uh, were in Cleveland, uh, but there's so many things about the city, so many cultural touchstones about the city that you can build a nickname around. I look, I'm, I'm all for everybody changing their name. That doesn't have a good name that matches their city. I mean, I think the Lakers should change their name. It's not offensive. It's just, it's stupid. There are no lakes in, in LA, uh, the Utah Jazz should That's absolutely the change their nickname. Give, give me a break and give it to New Orleans, by the way. Just give New Orleans back jazz because that's what they should have been called from the first place. So um, I'm not sure if you know this, but I'm writing a book. I, I now get to do this for the next You year. get to do this. I, I've heard a little <laughs> something about this, yes. <laughs> I'm starting it now, I guess. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm starting your move now, one year out. I'm writing a book um, that's a sort of, it's not about the show, The Good Place, that I made, but it's a sort of companion piece. It's It's sort of like, I read all this moral philosophy and I found it really interesting and I'm trying to write a book about what it means to be a good person uh, using moral philosophy, but in a way that's like j- jokey and humorous and that people can understand. It's going to come out next year, about a year from now, a little more than a year from now. Um, and so uh, get ready for the next one year of me <laughs> casually mentioning that I'm writing a book. Um, every, but every I've, I've, I've written this chapter about, about this exact issue. In fact, in, I'm going to have to change it a lot because I, I, I wrote it about Daniel Snyder. And if he ends up changing the name, it kind of kind of <laughs> blows up my whole, my whole section of the book. But I make this exact point, which is to say team nicknames um, as in terms of like things to hold on to is really dumb. And, and in fact, when teams don't change their nickname uh, out of a sense of like tradition or something, it often leads to absurdity, like yes. the Utah Jazz. The the Utah is known for a lot of things. Jazz is maybe not <laughs> one of them, and uh, and same with the Lakers. And and you know the the when you look at the history of teams changing their nicknames, uh, it's it's very rarely a thing that anyone cares about or remembers three years later. Like right. it's just not a, right. This is not a big deal, and. and and, you know, Daniel Snyder's emotional connection to the team, notwithstanding, uh, it's just the kind of thing that happens a lot. It's like yeah. it's like buying new shoes or something. It's like you have a pair of shoes and you really like them and then they serve their purpose. And then you buy a pair of new shoes and you don't mourn the loss of your shoes <laughs> for forever, you know. Um, so the, the 
someone I, was it you who said that teams should change their nicknames every 20 years yeah 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 I, this is a great idea like we <laughs> we need to institute this all professional sports teams i'm not saying they have to change their name but every 20 years they should do an institutional review of their yep. name yep and you could change your team nickname for any number of reasons a if it's really racist and you and like the world has changed enough for you to finally understand that, that's a great reason to change your name. But it. also, what if you're the New Orleans Pelicans and 20 years go by and you're of the New Orleans Pelicans and, you know, your team has never made it out of the first round of the playoffs and you sort of think like, you know what, let's change it up. Let's change yeah. it. Let's find a new name. And like the idea that um, that this is somehow a, a bad thing is absurd. You get the fandom involved, you know, you, you survey the, you survey the landscape. Maybe there's something that's happened in your city, you know, that you're proud of, um, or, or that, that, uh, that uh, something has come to light. Maybe it's, maybe when you, when you do your review, you're coming up on the hundredth or 200th or 150th anniversary of some kind of special thing that happened that you could then celebrate or whatever. But just, if you just reviewed it every 20 years, like clockwork, you know, look, the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, these teams are not going to change their nicknames. No, there's no, no there's no reason to. Right. And also, uh, A and B, they've been around for so long without and there's no, you know, there's no real the actual there's plenty of historical racism and awfulness within the franchise of the Red of Sox. But the but the name Red Sox is is <laughs> completely it's, nothing. It's socks, just like, a yeah, socks are not offended. Socks are not offensive um, or offended. So. Most teams won't, but some teams will, and it would be cool. It would be interesting. I mean, they changed their – the NFL introduces new jerseys f- to great fanfare every year, and yep. and people like it. It's exciting and cool, and there's, like, a new spin on things. And, you know, the – and then some teams go retro, and, like, the Dolphins uh, are bringing back the angry dolphin with the football helmet on or whatever, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And so just just making this a thing that by decree, by royal fiat of the league uh, is a as a matter of course, you just review these things every once in a while. It takes some of the pressure off and it it just it means that it's not a huge deal. And and the Utah Jazz become, you know, the Utah, uh, you know, mountaintops or whatever. And suddenly you're like, oh, that makes more sense. And now I, and now I, and, and, and the final thing to say about this, and it's been said by many people, we're far from the first people to bring this up. You make so much money. <laughs> you just make yeah. so much money because That's people right. buy all new stuff. People like you can, if you want to, if the Utah Jazz changed their name to the Utah Mountaintops or whatever, there is going to be people who were like, you know what? I like the jazz better. So keep selling the retro jerseys and people will buy them. But then you're selling the new jerseys and people buy those. And and it's 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 the biggest no brainer ever for a, for a sports franchise to let some time go by, you know, have the team. And if you decide, no, I really like the old name and the name isn't offensive and it isn't like causing d- division in the universe, keep it and yeah. keep going. And if it's and if you see an opportunity, a marketing opportunity or like a rebranding, I mean, think about the team, think about the franchises, the really moribund franchises out there, especially the newer moribund franchises who might want to say like you know what uh the 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 term you know the the nickname pelicans or orlando magic or whatever hasn't really we haven't really gotten anything out of that (laughs) you know like it's been 20 years of mediocrity so let's change it up you know let's let's do something new and like 
the, I just, I don't understand why there isn't more of that. Um, it feels fresh and interesting and, and, and contemporary in a way that sports franchises often do not. I totally agree. And you do see it in various places, not, you know, you don't see it that much in, in, in the highest level of, of the basketball or football or baseball. I mean, although you do see, obviously the Washington bullets change their name and, and nobody cares. Nobody, I mean, you know, the, you, it's, it's, I'm sure there was a little bit of a backlash there, but guess what? They, the team's still terrible. It doesn't matter. And, and uh, Charlotte, you know, was Hornets and then they were Bobcats and they were Hornets. Nobody cares. Nobody, you know, it's, I mean, they care. They love that there's a new, you know, they, they just like the team. And that's, and that's a, a, a big, a big thing. I keep thinking about in Kansas city, they had a, uh, you know, when, when MLS very first started, they called the team the whiz after, after, uh, you know, wizard of Oz and, and that sort of thing. And everybody kind of was like that, that doesn't work. Um, so then they just changed it to wizards and then they changed it to uh, whatever it is, DC, Kansas City, or you know, whatever, whatever the you know they they made it like a like a proper English soccer name or or European soccer name, um, and and I the fans embrace it. I mean, I I think that that at the end of the day, there is going to be a backlash when Washington changes its name. That backlash will end. It will not leave one empty seat in that stadium that is already has plenty of empty seats. Uh, it will not change uh, the value of that franchise one bit. Uh, and then people will buy a bajillion dollars of the new stuff. I mean, right. it's it's just that's why it feels like we're arguing over something. I'm not, not you and I, but in general, all of us are arguing over something that seems so obvious and there's no downside at the end of the day to, to do the, the last, the, I've said this four times now, but the last <laughs> thing to say about this is when you don't do this, you are, that's when you're being foolish. Like when yeah. the, when the San Diego chargers move to Los Angeles and they keep the name chargers, so what do. happens? Everybody just keeps calling them accidentally the San Diego Chargers <laughs> because no, like the L.A. Chargers doesn't sound good. But just just so you're moving cities, change your name. Yes. Use it as an opportunity. And uh, and the 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 mistake is remaining rooted in the past uh, without question. I agree. I agree. All right. Before we go on to our draft, uh, I, I wanted to do this a little earlier, but we we got carried away. Um so there is supposed to be uh, a baseball season, uh, July 23rd, uh, that is supposed to begin. Uh, there are some teams that are that are working out. I guess all teams are supposed to be. Some players are pulling out. Some players are 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 considering pulling out. Some players are, are going headfirst into this. Uh, umpire Joe West uh, made it very clear today that he is uh, absolutely – uh, going forward, he he is uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't care about uh, the virus uh, in any way, shape, or form, um, and and so on and so on. So I guess I want to kind of get your your thought, you know, because I have thoughts on this. Are we going to have a baseball season? Uh, I think I w- will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, they there's you know, they're, they're acting, they're sure acting like we're going to, they are, they are um, indeed. There's a lot of like, you know, and, and of course, I guess what, what choice do they have? They have to, they have to act like that. Um, 
you know, they, a certain number of players have already tested positive. Some players have opted out of the season, like David Price opted out. Yep. Uh, because why would you play baseball right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, the thing that I keep going back to is the NBA as a league is run uh, probably somewhere around 10,000% better than MLB. Wouldn't you say like something no, like that? 10, uh, about 10,000%. Yeah, about 10,000% right. better. And there's also way fewer people um, on uh, basketball teams. Right. And there it and and you can play every single basketball game on one court if you schedule it properly. Right. And um, they uh, and they are teetering, I would say. You know, they—they're a bunch of players have tested positive. They just announced today Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets is not going to is not going to uh, at least start the season there because he tested positive. DeAndre Jordan tested positive. You have this sort of um, sinking feeling that you know LeBron is going to test positive, or Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, or mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, or Kawhi Leonard, or some some huge you know, uh, star is going to test positive. And when, when that happens, then you're like, well, now the integrity of the actual competition is inexorably uh, damaged. And what happens then, especially if it's, if, you know, if half of a team in, you know, test, if half the Lakers test positive, what happens? Do you keep going? So the, like the, the, uh, the generous term for what's happening in the NBA is that they're teetering. And so given that that league has put in, 10,000% 10,000% more time, effort, energy, and planning into their, to salvaging their season than MLB has, that MLB couldn't even agree on a, on a, on a pay structure right. until, until the union, the players union just said, just order us back to work and we'll file a <laughs> grievance and then we'll deal with this later. I just don't understand logistically how they pull this off um, in any meaningful way. I, you know, they look they the opening day is two weeks from now. It's right. July 23rd. So we're going to know very quickly whether there's a season or not. If I had to guess, I would guess that they play about a week and a half of baseball and then it all falls apart. Like that's what I, yeah. that's kind of an, and, and by the way, I think the same of basketball, I think they get through, you know, 10, 12 games or something. And then something bad is going to happen and it's going to be, um, it's going to be hard to continue. But I mean, you know, they're putting this together lightning quick. It's not the kind of thing that can be put together lightning quick because, I mean, the NBA has been working on this for months and months right. and months. And they have the NBA has magic, you know, decoder rings that the players <laughs> wear that, that send electronic beam messages up to satellites that indicate whether they're, you know, 72 hours away from getting the coronavirus. And and MLB has none of that. MLB has, uh, has, yeah. Uh, MLB has, can't get their tests. So I mean, yeah. they're, they're, it takes them yeah. five days to, to get testing back, which, which renders the entire project utterly moot. And so I, I just can't, I mean, the, I wanted, I wanted to get the actual quote from Joe West, um, yes. Joe, umpire Joe West, country Joe West said this quote, I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. Most of the people that they're reporting are dying are not healthy to begin with. I've lost 25 pounds over the winter. I'm playing golf every day in the heat. I'm fine. So when when that and now I'm not saying that Joe West it has uh, the the that that that's everyone's attitude, but it definitely seems to be a prevailing attitude 
And when you have that attitude, when anyone has that attitude going into this, when the attitude is not, look, this is really hard and it's really dangerous and we are going to try our best and we're going to do everything we can to bring baseball to America and the world. Um, and that's it. Like that's when that, that's, that's all you can think really. Right. And when you don't think that, when you think like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is that big a deal. It just makes it really hard to imagine them getting through this unscathed. That's right. Well, that's a hundred percent right. I, I thought, and look, it's, it, Joe West has obviously said lots and lots of incredibly stupid things over the over the past few years, and and he's also not the world's best umpire. But I think when you see a quote like that, and also you to hear him say, "If this game hasn't gotten me by now, no virus is going to get me." Yeah. You know, when you have that attitude, even if he's the only one that has it, uh, when you have somebody in the game who's prominent enough to be quoted. Uh, to say that sort of thing, you realize that this is being put together with like, you know, spit and and duct tape and hope. I mean, that's that's what it feels like to me anyway. It feels like, you know, I, I know the intentions are the best and all of us want baseball back. Of course we do. There's there's nothing, you know, as a baseball fan, there's nothing we want more than to to, to see these guys uh, playing ball. But with with cases exploding all over the country with uh you know really some 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 pretty scary and shaky testing um you know early sign uh testing problems from the game you just don't you just feel like they're going out there blind you just feel like they're literally going out there going wow the game hasn't gotten me before i'm not gonna let it get me now i mean that's that feels like like a sort of a prevailing attitude even if people don't think that individually as a game by just kind of going forward um, it, and, and you can sense that the players, I mean, not just the ones that have pulled out, but the ones that have expressed real concern, obviously Mike Trout being the most prominent of those, but, uh, but Sean Doolittle is, is, has done that as well. When you see prominent players saying, Hey, I, I don't know, this doesn't feel super, you know, super zipped up here. I mean, this feels like, like we're, we're sort of flying, uh, flying blind, Man, I I don't see how you start a season. And I also think by the way, it would be really really bad for the game to start a season than have to stop it. Like I think it would be better yeah. not to start it at all. Well, that's I mean, look, we it's probably not wise to put Joe West's no. comment at the at the at the very top of the prevailing of attitude pile or something, but you know, if cancer hasn't gotten me by now, I see no reason to wear a seatbelt is not a really great attitude. And and so um, I, I think you're right in that the danger here, and I and again, I feel this about the NBA as well. I think the danger here is that the country is fragile. The world is fragile. The, the American psyche is very fragile. Things are currently, as we record this, going in the exact wrong direction, right? Um, nationally, um, and it, again, it's it's a little hard, right? You don't want to th- nationally is one thing, and state by state is another thing. There are states that are doing a lot better than others. There are there are states that are on fire. The American Southeast is on fire. The American Southwest is on fire. Yep. Um, and so you know, it, it's it's a little hard. Pa- painting with too broad a brush with something like this is probably a mistake. But I think because of how fragile the American psyche is right now, the starting and stopping is way worse than uh, yeah. like we're all we're all used right now for better or worse. We're used to the idea 
that nothing good is going on, that there's no basketball, there's no baseball, there's no concerts, there's no school, there's no anything. And we, we like, it stinks and it's awful and, and it's causing incredible strain and stress on people's um, abilities to function in the world economically and socially and everything else. And, but like, at least we, we, we know that that's the situation. And I think that there's a danger, a, a sort of additional psychological danger in saying like, we're back. And then a week later going, uh, no, we're not, we're shutting down. Like yeah. that, we, like we went through that already, right? We watched that game, that NBA game when Rudy Gobert tested positive and Donovan Mitchell tested positive when it was like things were falling apart in the world. And then all of a sudden you had this eerie kind of situation of teams walking off a court and an, and a gathered crowd looking around like what is going on. And that was the last moment that athletes um, until the women's soccer league started up again, that was the last moment that American athletes were competing That's right. in any way. And we've, we've lost that for three months. We've lost that sort of that part of our social fabric that sort of regulates our days and weeks and months and that we that the rhythms of the NBA playoffs and the rhythms of baseball's opening months and all that sort of stuff were utterly disrupted and thrown in the garbage and it is awful and also we adjusted to it and for, uh, for better or worse and so now to start this stuff up again and then put us all through that again which i think is what's going to happen is uh dangerous it's just yeah. it, it makes it feel like and i mean it's dangerous for a lot of reasons number one is you know there's a there's currently a huge problem in this country of people thinking that everything is fine and that we're they people have the joe west attitude of like whatever it's uh, uh right. it's not that bad i'll just go out and if i get it i get it and that's why there are fifty thousand cases a day when there we were down to sixteen thousand at one point um so the more things sort of quote go back to normal end quote the more people might be feeling that uh, sense of invincibility or regularity or whatever you want to call it, that's bad. But then also the fragility of the American psyche being put through a yet another shutdown of some kind yes. it, publicly like that, I think is kind of a bad, that would be bad. <laughs> that's my, my official diagnosis. That would be bad. So I don't know. I mean, I look, nobody wants baseball back more than me. Nobody wants basketball back more than me. Um, but uh, man, oh man, I just I don't know. I I don't I I feel extremely on edge about the idea of these guys playing. You know, M Trout famously um, is like my his wife is due to give birth to their child, yes. and he's sort of thinking like, well, what? Why? What's the point of this? Like, and and he, imagine the look if you're Mike Trout and you are the best baseball player maybe ever, certainly in the game today. And the sport is reeling because it's lost its, you know, first four months of the season. And you're desperately, you feel a certain obligation and responsibility to your players union, to your sport, to, to be an ambassador for the game. And they're, they're trying to salvage the season. And so you, you feel like you need to be out there on opening day because that is, you know, because you're the most, maybe not the most, maybe the most recognizable player in the sport, but certainly the best player in the sport. Sure, sure. But also you're, there's a deadly pandemic sweeping <laughs> the world and your wife is about to give birth to your first child. Like how do you, just putting people in this position is so awful, you know? So, and It's so difficult. It's yeah. so, you know, and in his case, it's a, it's a double whammy because I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he is Mike Trout and, and, and people are looking to him and there's no question if he knows this, that if he says, you know what, I'm sitting this one out, uh, the season loses tremendous credibility. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it, it just, you know, it's, 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 it's 
nobody would look at it as a real season if you guys have guys of the level of Mike Trout who are simply not playing. But the second thing is, not only is he worried about uh, getting sick, he's worried about being exposed, even if he doesn't get sick, even if he doesn't actually ever get COVID, because if he is exposed, he has to go into into quarantine for two weeks. And right. he can't be there when his wife delivers their first child. So, right. so there is multiple, multiple uh, concerns for a guy like Mike Trout, and and really the only thing that brings him out there is his love of the game and his and his and his hunger to to make fans happy. And because because the, you know, I mean, it, it's not about the money, and it's and it's not going to be about the legitimacy of this season. We all know where that's going. So it's all about. You know, hey, am I, uh, you're asking me to put these incredible life risks on on display for a season that, I mean, I just don't see realistically how you ever finish it. And even if you did finish it, what does it mean? I mean, it's it's a uh, it, it's really really tough and really trying. And I, you know, I am I'm really, you know, I'm concerned that that once you make a decision to start the season you you know what a devastating thing it will be if you shut it down. You know how devastating it will be to the American psyche, but how devastating it will be to your sport. Uh, you know that you're probably going to have the president screaming and yelling, uh, you know, at you daily about about how <laughs> dare you shut this thing down. I mean, that's, you know, that's not even political. That's just a reality. I mean, we we just saw him go after Bubba Wallace for crying out loud. So, so, you know, that's a reality, you know, he's going to be watching closely. And, and so does that lead to even worse decision-making where you're like, okay, well, we can't shut it down. So even though this happened or this happened or these people tested positive or whatever, um, and we're going to keep going. And if you keep going, then where does that lead? I mean, it's, I think it's a very, very concerning issue. And, you know, I would hope that some very smart people uh, within baseball have, have come up with all the contingencies necessary, but nothing they do suggests that there, that there is a long list of contingencies that have been worked out. You know, every time something like this, well, nothing like this has ever happened, but anytime right. there's like a problem in, in baseball, I have the same image in my head every single time. And it's Bud Selig with his arms in the, I don't know, shrug position during the tied all-star game. And I feel like that's like, that's how baseball has been run for decades now is like, I don't know. I don't like, know. They, there's just no, like the, the sort of swift, decisive take action. Um, you know, uh, Adam Silver kicks Donald Sterling out of the league because he's an <laughs> awful racist moron. Right. Like that, like that's how that league is run. That league is run like, swiftly and decisively and professionally and baseball is run like i don't know eh. <laughs> like and 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 when you're dealing with something at this level that's this existential and this kind of all-encompassing and whatever adjective you want to use to describe it you can't run the league with a shrug with like a oh, i don't know let's try this like it just it doesn't work and so i like maybe we're wrong maybe something maybe there will be a miracle and they'll somehow get everybody into a bubble and get them quarantined and they'll actually play 60 games and we'll have, Who you would know, be happier than us it, if that two happened? months, two solid months of baseball with like 
you know, opening day is supposed to be Max Scherzer and, and Garrett Cole. And who doesn't oh, want to watch Max Scherzer right. and Garrett Cole right now? Right. Like, even if there's no crowd, even if it's a weird situation, like uh, the joy that we would feel if we could watch Scherzer Cole uh, uh, in two weeks would be enormous. And so I'm really rooting for it to happen. I just have no faith in the league itself, in the in the in, in them ca- carrying off the logistics that are required to carry something like this off. I just, I can't imagine it actually happening, but I, but no one will be happier than me if it actually does happen. So exactly how I feel. It's exactly how I feel. I feel like all I can do now is as a fan root for, for the best in this situation. I mean, obviously we can't control it. I just, I just would, would, if I could, I would warn everybody within baseball to really consider the next steps very carefully. And yeah. and I'm not saying they haven't, maybe they have, maybe they've done this in, in ways that I can, can't even imagine, but like you, I sort of, I, baseball has sort of always given me the impression that anytime anything happens, they're like, they're like the, the, you know, the guy in the movie who's doing a double take, like what? Like I <laughs> never saw that coming. Like what? You know? And, and this is, this is so much more serious than that. All right. Well, we're going to, I was going to say say one more thing, which is I'm reading this, I'm reading the book of bridge too far right now. Have you ever read a bridge too far? I've not. What is bridge too far? Bridge too far. It's Cornelius Ryan is a world war II historian. And he wrote a book about operation market garden, which was this incredibly bold um, and aggressive plan um, that Montgomery, the British um, general field marshal Montgomery developed in September of 1944. The allies are have landed in Normandy and, uh, and they've pushed the Germans all the way back, basically through France and into Holland. And the British, are, uh, the Germans are retreating, and that Montgomery is uh, advancing in the north, and Patton's advancing in the south, and they're making incredible speed. The Germans are falling apart, and Montgomery comes up with this really, really ambitious plan to basically drive, like drop a bunch of paratroopers, like r- massive numbers of paratroopers behind enemy lines, behind the retreating Germans secure a bunch of bridges and lay down basically a carpet of, um, of, of roads and bridges that then the tanks and infantry can like just steamroll and drive right into the heart of Berlin and end the war. Like in, sure. the, in their minds, this is going to end the war. And uh, in, in September of 1944, and it was called Operation Market Garden. And the, the, the name of the book comes from the famous phrase, which I'm sure you've heard of a bridge too far, which is they needed to secure like five bridges in Holland and when the plan was looked over, somebody said, I think we may try and be, I think we may be trying to secure one bridge too far, or we may be going one bridge too far. And so that is now the phrase for like, you know, a, a slightly too aggressive plan. The yeah. long and short of it is it's September, you know, 7th, 1944. And uh, they're, they're, you know, the allies are winning, the Germans are retreating, they're fleeing, they're, they're, they're disorganized and whatever. And, um, they they tried to put together the most complicated and daring and um, hard to pull off uh, operation of the entire war in like a week. They basically had like a week to put this together, and it involved you know twenty five hundred gliders that were going to pull you know there were in, paratroopers were going to jump out of, and you know all these people securing the south end of the bridge and the north end of the bridge, and you the, all these very very specific drop points. The hundred and first had to drop at this exact point. And the first Polish uh, parachute brigade had to drop at this exact point. And, uh, and it was a spectacular failure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it actually, if you've heard of the Battle of the Bulge, 
Um, the yes. Battle of the Bulge refers to the fact that because this was such a spectacular failure, the Germans actually started pushing back west into into Belgium and France. And the, a, like a bull, if you imagine the front line of the battle, there was actually like a bulge of Germans actually advancing back toward the allies. And it for a second was like, oh, no, like basically we had a we had we were the uh, the allies were the Atlanta Falcons. It was 28 <laughs> to three. And all they had to do was like, like run out the clock. And they, instead they they did a bunch of stupid stuff. And uh, and the Germans almost like kind of broke their line and almost and right? almost like, you know, and the the long and short of it is, you know where this is going. My fear is that this is a bridge too far yeah. for the for for yeah. baseball. And my fear is that the the plan is is that they don't have enough time. They they would have had to start planning this in April. They didn't. They started planning it a week and a half ago. <laughs> They're trying to get this up and running. And the the bridge too far. Um, it's not just that you it might fail. It's that it might fail spectacularly yes, and, and lead to long term adverse effects. Now, granted, the Allies won the war. Well, eventually, right? Like they, well, baseball, they, baseball will eventually happen. Baseball right? will come it's, back and yes, it'll yes. still exist. But um, but that that is my uh, that is my exact fear about this. Yeah, that's that sounded kind of meaningful. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you're 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 pulling <laughs> you're pulling a little World War II history out for us. I mean, I don't know. All right, yeah. we need to do a quick mid roll. Um, are you ready? Are you? I need your help on this mid roll. You got it. All right, here we go. I'm going to choose a few of these talking points. A company started in a college baseball dugout, dugout, dugout. A company started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name dugout mugs, uh, has created these dugout mugs, which is just the barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. They're licensed by MLB, your favorite team, laser engraved onto a birch wood baseball bat barrel mug. It's perfect for the big game to put on display or to be the life of the party. Man, I I have to stop at that. I, no, I want just buy it, just buy into this. You're the life of the party. Just just accept it, follow it. It's I got I I get that it's a unique gift for a baseball fan. I I will go with that. So you go to dugoutmugs.com/theathletic. So you go to dugoutmugs.com/theathletic and you use the promo code MLB 30 and it's 30 because you'll get 30% off your first purchase dugoutsmug.com dugouts excuse me dugoutmugs.com mugs.com slash the athletic with the code MLB 30 for 30% off your first purchase fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today okay so I'm I'm on the site now because I have a I had a question Okay. I didn't understand, and now I get it. So, because I was thinking, the end of a baseball bat is rounded, right? So how, so how would it sit on a table? But the hole for the liquid is drilled into the top of the mug. So they sawed off the barrel. Yes, it's the barrel. So the bottom is flat, and the and the and the rounded end of the bat is where they drill the hole to pour your uh, your cold brew into. I guess (laughs) your or whatever you want it to be. Right. the thing that I, when you actually go and look at them, and, I, and I'm certainly not here to criticize the good people at Dugout Mugs, um, because because obviously they created something. They look really tall, don't they? I mean, they're they look very like large, super yeah. duper tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are shots of people and videos of people holding them, 
Um, and, uh, and it's kind of cool. I'm into it. Like they're, you know, they're like the, I, I get it. I, I have to say, I don't, th- they're really pushing beer as the thing to pour into your mug, which, which I guess we don't think, we don't think is the number one thing to pour into the mug. No, I, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what you put in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could put it's flowers like, in there. You could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, uh, but the, the, I, I, I would be interested to sample a dugout mug because it, I wonder how it sort of feels when you actually drink from it, like the sort of the curved lip of the mug might be very pleasing, but it looks like it might be a slightly awkward mouthfeel to drink out of it. I'm (laughs) curious. But they are cool. They're cool. Uh, And, and, you know, you can get uh, 30% off if you go to dugoutmugs.com. You can write whatever you want to on there. You can, you can do a handwritten situation, I guess you can like write something. Is that true? Yeah. The over there at the right. Custom text products. I didn't even notice that. They don't mention that in the, in the, uh, in the review, uh, in the, in the ad, but you're right. Look at these, look at all the possibilities you can have. According to there, you can put like, uh, Betsy Jones. I, I don't know why you would do that unless your name was Betsy <laughs> what if, Jones. What if the what if the sample ones that they have in the pictures were the only things you could <laughs> really? do? You, do you want do you want Coach Johnson on yours or not? I mean, <laughs> your that's your choices are obviously any MLB team. <laughs> then you can either write Coach Johnson, Betsy Jones, right? or Daddy, I love you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. Look, it's it's a great it's a great idea. It's a great cool thing. I'm going to get one and uh, and tell you how it is to drink from it. All right. Uh, before we do the draft, uh, we did ask people for questions, so let's answer five questions very quickly. Uh, Kyle wants to know what podcast player stats will we be keeping an eye on with the shortened season? Will someone bat 400? So let's assume there is a season. 400 seems like a pretty good thing for us to watch, right? I mean, of course. Yeah. 60 games. There a lot of guys have hit 400 over 60 games. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, uh, there definitely 400, um, would be a good one. I would, I would also go for like, we, we could prorate some records, you know, we could prorate like Barry Bonds's 73 homers and see like what it would be. It would probably be whatever 30 something, you know, see if anyone gets to that. Um, I mean, it would be interesting if someone we maybe we should modify the fam and uh, and try to find someone who could get. Oh, you know, what we should do. We should come up with like a couple like triple double type stats, like triple or, or quadruple doubles. Right. right? Who's going to have like 10 home runs, 10 grounded in a double place, um, 10, <laughs> 10 stolen triples. bases and 10 triples. Nobody whatever, can get yeah. to 10 triples. Can we get to 10 triples? Can no, anybody probably not triples, but like, you know, ho- like homers. Grounded in a double plays, stolen bases, and doubles, and or, or like sacrifice flies or something. You know, we'll we'll have to design. Assuming there is a season, we'll have to officially design. I mean, the way we usually do this is we let the season tell us what we're yes. following. So, but it's going to be so quick that we're not going to have time. I think maybe twenty. If assuming there's a sixty game season, I think at the at the one third marker. We check in, we look who's, you know, we, we check out some weird fluky stats and we then try to follow, we extrapolate and follow those for yeah. the rest of the season. Yeah. All right. Alan, our, uh, our official, um, uh, statistician here at the uh, podcast wants to know, how do you pronounce the stat, uh, spelled WPA, which would be for win probability added. Is it WPA or whoopa? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard Whoopa, but I'm down. I'm totally down for that. 
You're down for WUPA? Could yeah. we call it? It, it? You know what? WPA is 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 uh, desperately in need of sort of a, a new identity anyway. I mean, nobody really calls talks about WPA very much. If you called it WUPA, that could change the dynamic for WPA. Or is the W pronounced the way it is in certain Slavic languages as a V? Ah, uh, do, do we say it's do we say it's VIPA <laughs> <laughs> for no reason? Other I, than... I think we should we should call okay. WPA is now officially VIPA people. <laughs> so so when you talk to your friends about uh you know uh Roger Clemens uh win probably out uh, probability added, remember Roger Clemens VIPA. That's yeah, what we're talking uh, about for for some reason a loss to history. It is a Polish W. <laughs> And you pronounce it like a. It's because it's because when we used to talk about Christy Mathewson's Vipa, I think it goes back to those days. You know, it's Christy always pronounced his W's with a V, so That's it's right. Vipa, Vipa people. Rodney wants to know why don't more animals prey on ants? Uh, great question. Um, uh, <laughs> I think. Well, okay, so the ant eater is uh yes. is a a um a great animal obviously long protruding snout uh to to root out ants from wherever they hide um when when i was on i, I can't remember whether this was a parks and rec joke or a good place joke um but we got obsessed at some point in the writer's room with ants and i googled um how many ants are there and the answer is like 200 quadrillion. Yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like they're right. the, the ants. And then we read about ants and ants are the um, the most successful species by some measure of sure. any animal on Earth. There's more different varieties. There's more like the metric or the actual tonnage of ants. If you if you got all ants on Earth together and you weighed them, it's like it's like orders of magnitude more than if you weighed all the humans on Earth. That's like frightening. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then at some point, um, I can't remember <laughs> exactly what was happening, but someone groaned like like as if they had a stomach ache. And it was like, what like who like what noise is that? <laughs> who would make that noise? And the answer was a full anteater. Like a, like that we were so we started imagining full like an anteater <laughs> seeing like who's eaten a ton of ants and is really full then seeing the statistic of how many ants there are and just it's like a, when you had a huge meal and you see another like dessert come out and you're just like oh man i can't like i can't anymore so i it's the, i say all this only to say like it's a good question because given that ants are the most successful species on earth and there's 200 quadrillion or 400 quadrillion or whatever you would think i mean i guess a lot of birds eat ants right I, i'm thinking yeah, i guess some birds do right i don't I don't like, know. Aren't, ants... aren't, when woodpeckers peck on wood, aren't they aren't they pecking to get at? Maybe they're not. Maybe it's not ants. Maybe it's some other. I don't kind think of it's ants. Insect. I think it's another kind of mite of some kind. I think, mm. but yeah, no, I I I think that's right. Look, I it's, I think you sort of hit it. I think the anteater is the only one that finds ants delicious. I think that's basically it. I just yeah, think, it could be. I, I mean, I wonder. It it is it is um interesting though that like the you would given how successful ants are right as a species you would expect then the next most successful species to be anteaters <laughs> like <laughs> the people the the things that eat them ought to be there ought to be like we ought to be lousy with anteaters there ought to be anteaters just wandering the streets of every major city 
on Earth because of how many ants there are. Really, anteaters would then be, based on on this behalf, the most underachieving of all animals. Is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, like think about how like there's a, there's whole species of dogs like rat terriers that were bred specifically to to get rid of rats. And there's more ants than rats. So like, why don't we all have, why don't we all have pet anteaters? Like, especially here in LA, there's ants all the time, especially in summertime, the ants come out and they're in your house and you got to spray or put down rat traps. I should just have a pet anteater that I keep around on a leash and just just let them run around and then take care of my ant problem. This is a great idea. I, I see no problems with this idea. There's no way that could go wrong at all. All right. Kurt wants to know simply waffles, pancakes, or French toast. This is a hard one, man. They're all pretty good. I mean, they're all amazing. That's why it's yeah. hard. Yeah, um, they're all really good. I, I I'll never turn down any of them if <laughs> right. I have the, if I if they're being offered to me. Correct. I think that given the uh, given the straight up choice, I kind of think nothing beats a pancake. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I like was a, go- a pancake, I was go- like a hearty, like a hearty pancake. I like um like Odie grainy pancakes yeah, you know like they're like good. uh uh with like real real maple syrup not fake grade b awful um uh you know slimy maple syrup like real vermont right, you want the syrup. real right, right. i kind of like I'll, I'll the waffles and french toast are fantastic but i think i would go pancake interesting i think if if all three are presented to me i'm gonna go with a waffle i i really? I, I, I love i love a waffle and uh uh, love the texture. Love the way that it soaks up uh, the maple syrup and 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 whatever else you want to put on it. It's, uh, but but you know, but I I feel like it's it's not a fair question. I mean, it's it's basically okay. Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, or Mike Trout. I, right. I yeah. I'll I'll take any of them. I'll take any. I will any say that there, there's a there's like a particular kind of parental joy of when you make pancakes for your kids and they don't finish them. And you just like you become like a, a horrible monster. Oh yeah! Just like just just you just every bit of pancake and syrup you're just like that's left over. It's just it you you become a vacuum cleaner really. Yeah, like, you're and a garbage I, disposal. You just become yeah. a garbage disposal, right? But there. I have that feeling more with pancakes and waffles and stuff than I do with other kinds of food that they leave on their plate. Like I like if they if 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 a single piece of a pancake or waffle is left on their plate like that that's mine and no one's getting between <laughs> me and that plate <laughs> that actually is a really good point because i i don't think you feel like those count right no I mean, it's, you know, free. it's free it's yes, free it, it's, it's totally unclear free. it's unclear why <laughs> but it's free it doesn't count against your calories caloric intake it doesn't count against your health it's free. It's a free it's, experience. Yeah, it's a no completely question. free experience. Absolutely. All right. Uh, two more. Uh, has Ken, okay, Gellman wants to know, has Ken ever copped out and went as Moe's for Halloween because he was too caught up in other things? Just throw on a sweater with fear in big letters. God, I imagine no. you, you hated me? I being Moe's so much. No. Like what? Why in the world would I call attention to myself? That's a, te- oh, a te- that's the opposite of the uh, of what I do at Halloween. I, the Halloween in our family, for this has recently ended. Our kids are now twelve and almost ten. And yeah, we're sort of you know nearing the end of you Halloween, are nearing the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for there was like a three year period. I may have talked about this before. But there was like a three year period where my daughter decided what we were all going to be, and um, and so she was like, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. My son decided what we were going to be, 
because he was the older kid. And so he would say, I'm going to be uh, a stormtrooper and, <laughs> um, and mom's going to be Princess Leia and dad's going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and then, but my daughter would just rebel and she would do her own thing. <laughs> so we have all these super funny pictures of the four of us where it's three against one. So it's like, it's like my, it's like a stormtrooper, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia, and like a ladybug. And then, <laughs> and then one year it was like, it was Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Superman, and an angel or something. And, and they're so funny. And, and he would, it would drive him crazy because he would be like, just be, you know, be Captain Marvel or whatever. And she would just be like, no, I'm being a, I'm being a, a horse. And so I'm being, a, I love this so much. It was I, fantastic. I, and it made me laugh so hard. And then I, in classic parent fashion, I called too much attention to it. And then it all fell apart. Like, yeah. it's, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I should have just, I should have privately celebrated how funny it was <laughs> instead of like publicly doing it. And then it, and then they all just rebelled and my son got embarrassed and he didn't like it. And my daughter didn't like it. It just all, it all went to hell. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I love that so much. All right. Uh, last one. Josh wants to know replacement names for Cleveland and Washington. We've talked about uh, Washington replacement names. I, I do want to ask you, are you are you on the spiders bandwagon? I know you don't a care. Hun- no, 100 percent. A hundred percent. Oh, good. Good. The Cleveland, good, Cleveland good. spiders with a Y is the is absolutely the answer. <laughs> um, the Cleveland spiders, have, I think we've talked about the all time record for worst season. Yes. Uh, in baseball history, 1899 Cleveland Spiders, they lost like 134 games. Or yeah. They, and they literally, they were so bad that like they played their last 58 games on the road or something like literally yeah. couldn't even go home, you know? Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I get why you wouldn't want to name your team after the worst, <laughs> the, the worst team in, in history of baseball, but Cleveland Spiders rules as a name. Rules. That name's amazing. Like that's, that's such a cool name. And like the logo possibilities are endless. Like I, it's, it's so cool. Like I really, I mean, I, I, I assume they're going to go with something more contemporary and more Clevelandy. Like what, what, as a guy who has rooted for the team actively, like what would you choose? Well, I would choose spiders. I think, cause I, for a lot of reasons, including the fact that I think it's, I love unique names, right? I mean, they're there. That's it. It's them. And, and Richmond would be the only spiders. I think right. that I, that, you know, so I love unique names. Uh, and I love that there's some history to it. And I love that, you know, it is it is exactly the opposite of what I think Dan, Daniel Snyder is going to do, which is they went, all right, you know what? We're not going to choose a name that offends anybody. I mean, it'll, it, it might offend spiders, uh, but I don't care about <laughs> spiders uh, being offended by this. So, I mean, it's and so I think that's great. I've heard other names. I mean, there's 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 a there's a push to have uh, the team named somehow after after Superman because Superman was created in Cleveland. Uh, the Guardians has been you know, there's a there's a connection there the the Cleveland Buckeyes uh, was the old Negro Leagues team, but I don't like. I, I love it. I would love for them to do that, but you know, if you say Buckeyes in Ohio, it's it, everybody knows it's Ohio State, and, and yeah. I don't I don't like that confusion. So uh, I love the Spiders. Look, I'm for them. They can come up with a good way to do something with rock and roll. That's fine. I mean, I, I think it's fine if they can come up with anything that connects to Cleveland, but. Yeah, I, I I think I'm on the Spiders bandwagon wholeheartedly now. I I think that's I think it's a unique name. I think it has some history. They didn't have to change it in the first place, you know. And and, and by the way, they didn't change it to the Indians uh, in the first place. They changed it to the Infants and and uh, like ten other things and the Naps after Napoleon Lajoie and 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 finally it came around to 
to Indians, but it was, uh, you know, they used to change that name all the time. So wait, are uh, you, are you telling me that his name is pronounced Lajaway? Am I learning that right now? Nap Lajaway? Well, okay. So here's, it's, it's actually quite controversial because, uh, I used to say LaJoy, uh, like Bill LaJoy. That's how and, I, that's how I've always said it. Right. And, and then I had, uh, someone who, uh, had just done a big, huge, uh, profile on him on, on, on nap. And, uh, and he said, no, it's Lajoie that it's, it's pronounced Lajoie. And, uh, that's the French, uh, the pronunciation. And so I've always said Lajoie, but then I have since seen there that it, it seems more likely that people called him Lajoie. Uh, so I don't really know the answer, but I think Lajoie sounds cooler. It is L A J O I E, right? Correct. Yes. So that is, it is like good luck, basically, <laughs> trying to figure out how that's pronounced. But I've always said Nap LaJoy. Yeah. But LaJoy, I La guess jo it kind of makes sense because it's the, all those vowels, like unless they're diphthonged or something. Right. You got to pronounce all the vowels, right? LaJoy. LaJoy. And plus, that's such a great. That's I mean, better. It, that's way that better. better. It's way yeah. better. So I'm going to, even if that's not how we want to pronounce, I'm saying Lajway. I think that's the best. Yep. I'm with you. All right. Time for our draft. Uh, and uh, we put the same uh, amount of, of uh, hard work and dedication to coming up with this week's draft as we always do. We've decided, though, that we're going to come up with a list, I guess. Are we going to try to put together a list of all the drafts so that yeah, we stop? Yeah, so here's some like uh, really exciting behind-the-scenes uh, <laughs> info about the podcast. Every single time we do this, Joe sends me a text and says, what should we draft? And I always go, have we done this? Have we done this? Have we done fruit? Have we done numbers? Have we done letters? Because who remembers, really? We don't remember. So we're no. going to try to put together a definitive list of everything we've ever drafted just so we can then have a reference point. We should alphabetize it, probably. Yeah. And uh, just so for, for reference. And um, it's going to be hard because we've been doing this for 41 years now. 41 years. We've I mean, there's 41 there, we years have done deep. 1,468 yeah. drafts. That's right. This, so. will be, this will be 1,468. <laughs> so um, if anyone out there can help us. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. Actually, if you guys can no put way. that together for us, actually, if anybody I mean, wants to do that. <laughs> there's no way we're going to do it. But it would be great if we had somehow had a list. For a while, wasn't there a website that was keeping track of, of our drafts? Yes. And, yes. I don't yeah. know if it still exists. It was like a Reddit. I, it might yeah. still exist. I'm actually not sure. But Well, uh, I, I, we need to know because we, I'm fairly sure we've drafted the same thing twice, at least <laughs> once, if not well, multiple times. Well, we drafted cereals a couple of weeks ago, and we both had this very strong feeling. Well, we've definitely, done <laughs> we've definitely done that before. <laughs> Um, so we anyway, have not drafted this week, though. This week, I know we have not drafted it. Really? Uh, are, I, I would I would absolutely not be surprised if we had done this. I'm already. pretty sure we have not drafted. We are drafting hours of the day. That is what we are drafting. Um, I think you go you know first. You know what? You had first. Time. No, yeah, I think I, think I, 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 think I had first pick last time, so I think you Right, first. right. So I think I go first this time. All right. Uh, so hours of the day, that's all we talked about. So I am drafting uh, 6 p.m. That is going to be my first pick. Uh, I love 6 p.m. I think 6 p.m. is is a great time. It's the end of the day, but sort of the beginning of the evening uh, for people who have real jobs, which obviously uh, I don't. But but for people who have real jobs, I, I can always remember the the great feeling of my dad coming home and it being six o'clock. And, you know, and of course, in the winter, you start getting that sunset feel. And in the summer, it's like you still have so much time in front of you, a big, long stretch of time in front of you. Uh, it's closing in on dinner time. Maybe it is dinner time at your house. Um, I think 6 p.m. is just excellent. I, I think 6 p.m. is a great time. So I'm choosing 6 p.m. with my first pick. Well, you almost 
you almost did it right, but you okay. blew it. You because <laughs> the correct first pick is seven p.m. Oh no, yeah. no, yeah. You, you were close. You've lost but, an hour. <laughs> no, here's the thing: seven p.m. is six p.m. is kid dinner time. Seven p.m. is oh. now the beginning of adult dinner time. So if you're if you're gonna meet your friends out for dinner, you're not gonna meet them at six. The or the earliest you might meet them is seven. And mm. and and you meet them for a drink maybe beforehand, and you have some nice conversation. You still are in that lovely sunset period. It's it's um it's the time in the in the summer when the sun is going down and looks really pretty. Uh, and also it's it's like the day is really over at seven. Like you're not at six. There's a there's a chance that you still have to do something work wise yeah, at yeah. six. <laughs> and you don't at seven. No one ever makes you do anything at seven. Seven is pure. It's either you're with your family or you're with your friends and you're kicking off the evening portion of your day. Uh, and the air is a little cooler and it's a little nicer. Like it, it's 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 one it's it's like 20 percent better than 6 p.m. So that's my first pick. Interesting. I, I still would go with 6 p.m. 7 is look, 7 is great. 7 p.m. is is great. Any <laughs> all these all these stretching this this period of time here. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead with my second pick because my second pick is 8 p.m. Uh, I think we're we're, we're really <laughs> sort of leading in the same direction here. 8 p.m. is awesome. Of course, 8 p.m. is the beginning of prime time, which is which is uh, marvelous in, in its own way. Uh, 8 p.m. is sort of it's 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 night has begun, but not really in the summer. Like like nothing is better, like especially if you're a kid, uh, but like going in the, in the pool at 8 p.m. I mean, you know, and just and and it, and having it start to get dark and and but it's cooled off a little bit. Uh, lightning bugs. You begin to see those at 8 p.m. Uh, obviously, television and, and sports at 8 p.m. rule and and are fantastic. That's the starting point for so many for so many cool things. Um, and there's still a lot of night left, even even in in my advancing years of of going to bed earlier than than I used to. Uh, 8 p.m. still feels like the beginning of something. So uh, so my second pick, I'm choosing 8 p.m. Well, again, you were off by an hour because the correct <laughs> second pick is 9 p.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> so 9 p.m. is actually nighttime. 8 p.m. Okay. is like, eh, okay-ish. But 9 p.m. is like, this is nighttime now. Like, cool things happen at 9. First of all, 9 o'clock is traditionally when, like, the best primetime TV shows are on. It's yeah. 9 or 10. But 9 is like, you know, 9 is like when the best comedies are on. Uh, on primetime TV. Uh, we're saying this as two old people who still think of TV <laughs> as something that's scheduled. Um, but also like if you go to a concert, the concert will, the ticket will say 8 PM. The concert doesn't start till nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the yeah. guy, the, the, the main act is coming on at nine. Like nine is like the official beginning of like re what is really nighttime. Seven to nine is like dinner and you're sort of like gearing up. And then nine is like when the night starts. So, uh, so you were, again, you were close. Good job. You, you made a valiant effort, but you were still off by an hour. Nine is the correct second pick. I don't know. Nine feels starts to starting to feel a little late to me. I mean, a little bit later. I mean, it's obviously not late, but it's starting to feel a little bit like, oh, you've, you've, there's not a lot of time left for you to like do stuff. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, nine is good. Nine is very good. Here's the thing. When you're like as as cool as I am when yeah. you're like as hip as I am and as like, as kind of like, um, like, uh, uh, as much of like a partier kind of, I guess, sure, as I am. sure. Nine is like, 
Just, that's, wait, is, that's when you're getting going. That's, that's like, when that's the day. When you're, that's, that's, that's when you're just, launching your evening. Yeah, <laughs> that's when the that's when the day starts. Yeah, no, nine is great. Nine is great. Nine is uh, like on the East Coast. And by the way, all of these times are different. I mean, not as much as they used to be, but like on the West Coast, like nine p.m. used to be Monday Night Football. That was what Monday night when, when Monday Night Football mattered was it was nine p.m. But it was you know six p.m. there in on the West Coast, uh, which is another reason why six p.m. is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like that's another thing is like time is in in on the East Coast is different from time on on the West Coast. So I, so I think that's part of it. All right, with my uh, third pick, I'm going to go controversially with my third pick. And I'm going to choose 8 a.m. as as my third pick. I and this has definitely happened as I've gotten older. So if you're a young person, you have every right to scoff at this pick and 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 hate it and and uh, and tell me that you've never seen 8 a.m. and I get it. And my kids, uh, man, 8 a.m. is wonderful. Like if you can if you can get up, which of course at this point I can't not get up at this uh, earlier than that. Uh, nothing's going on. The day hasn't started yet. You can sort of, you can, you know, you can have your coffee if that's what you want. You can, you can have a, uh, you know, the English muffin or a bagel or toast or something, and you can read and relax. You can kind of get started a little bit on your, on your work and nobody really is going to bother you because there's no calls coming in. Uh, I do realize if you have to go to work, 8 a.m. is rush hour, which is kind of terrible, but, uh, Generally speaking, if you can enjoy the 8 a.m. hour, um, I find it to be wonderful. You you have chosen correctly. That is the correct third pick. <laughs> that was going to be my third pick. It's Excellent. The, I, I would argue, in fact, that 8 a.m. is the only good hour of the morning. Yeah, like, well, that's it, right. Like, because 9 is like the workday starts and that stinks. Yep. 10 yep. and 11 are nothing. And you're, and you're like, you, you've had breakfast, but it's not lunchtime yet. Anything earlier than eight, you're, you're, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, certainly anything six or earlier is bad. Um, yeah. nothing, there's no, there's nothing good that comes from 6am or earlier. Um, seven right. is like arguable, but if you wake up at seven, you're a little groggy and sleepy probably. Um, eight is eight is the only good morning hour. So that good job. You got, you, you finally got one, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pick midnight as my, third ah, pick. that was my, that was going to be, yeah. that's, I mean, that's that's it's midnight. It's is, strong. It's strong. It has like things happen at midnight, new year's Eve, like the year changes at midnight. And there's like, there's a, it's the, you know, it's obviously the beginning of a new day and like midnight is often like fun. If you're at a, yes. if you're at a wedding, your goal is basically to make it to midnight. <laughs> like that's, if you make it to midnight, that's like for an old person like us. That's like a fun night if you're like, hey, it's midnight. Hey, you know, um, and it, it feels like celebratory. It feels like momentous because something changes. You know, uh, it's 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 got like a you know, it's there's a reason that like Cinderella turned back into Cinderella yes. at midnight. It's a it's a it's a symbolic kind of um, uh, it's got a delta to it. It's got a change element to it. So that's my third pick. No, it's the right pick. That's the right pick. I mean, midnight, midnight's cool. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, for, for all those reasons, obviously on the holidays and, and, and that sort of thing, but also, you know, it, it is, it is the shift to a new day. I mean, there really is something cool about that. Um, it's the right pick. It's the right pick. Like and, if, you, if the, you have a, if you have like a all black cat or dog, you can name it midnight. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's true. You can name your car midnight. Like yeah. midnight. Yeah. I mean like midnight is plus there are a lot of great songs with midnight in it. I mean midnight yeah. is midnight's cool. Midnight, midnight in is, the Garden of Good and Evil was a cool book. 
Cool book, absolutely. Uh, you know, Midnight is good. Midnight is 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 an excellent pick. In fact, uh, we have now chosen three rounds, so we've chosen six hours, and we have chosen all the good hours. That's it. There, there, there. I don't think there are any left. Um, but there are some that are less bad than others. So with my fourth pick, I am going to choose Noon as my hour. Noon is not great. Okay, uh, I don't I don't like afternoons at all in in general. Um, but noon, of course, is lunch. Uh, noon is a break, sort of, from the rest of the day. Noon is a cool name for for a time slot. You know, I mean, like everything else is other than midnight is is reduced to the numbers. Noon is is kind of a cool name. Hey, it's noon. Meet you at noon. It's very. It's a that's a kind of a good thing. Uh, and lunch with friends and is you know back in the old days when we used to be able to do that kind of thing where we could meet friends in public um i think it's a very good thing so so uh of the remaining hours i think noon is far and away the best well once again you you're off by an hour uh <laughs> third third time in four rounds you were off by one hour the correct answer for the fourth pick is 1 p.m um, oh boy so, i'm gonna disagree with you big time on this so 1 p.m first of all it's a very common starting time for sporting events that is football, true. football games start at 1 p.m Baseball games, uh, day games often start at 1 p.m. That's a big deal. Also, in California, especially in L.A., 1 p.m. is lunchtime. Um, oh. The entire Hollywood industry shuts down between <laughs> 1 and 2. Everybody goes to lunch. And that um, that is wonderful because you know that for one hour you can't hear from anyone you don't want to hear from. <laughs> like You can't hear from an agent or a, or a studio executive or anybody trying to contact you because everyone is at lunch. And uh, and so, yeah, 1 p.m. is the official lunchtime of L.A. But really, I'm picking it because, to me, you you have um, noon to 1 is eating time. And then 1 is, uh, it, it, except for L.A., obviously. Noon to 1 is when you eat and you get ready. And then at 1, you're watching something on TV. You're watching a football game on a Sunday or you're watching a baseball game on a Saturday. Those are that. So I associate 1 p.m. with like cool, exciting things happening. Well, I, I'll, noon. I will give you that. All right. That's that's a that's a that's a nice turn when you when you turn it into a, a sporting thing, because obviously day games in baseball uh, generally start at 105 as well. So so that I see that as being pretty good. But during the week one, I mean, and, and I again, not not living in L.A. and 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 dealing with agents. Uh, one is a drag and just sort of a general day one is when you're like man i need a nap and i've got so much afternoon of work left to do here i'm never going to get out of here one feels to me <clears throat> i try to think about like it from a from a school perspective you know sitting in your classroom uh when you were going to school and seeing looking up at the clock and what would be the one time you did not want to see on that clock 1 p.m was the one time you're like, oh man, I am never getting out of here. I am absolutely stuck here forever. So, mm. but I'm giving you the sports thing. And in fact, I'm going to play off of your sports thing um, for my fifth pick. Cause I don't like any of the times left. I mean, I, you know, you can, well, we can talk about which ones we passed on, but uh, based on that, if I'm going strictly sports, I, there's nothing in, you know, and of course I've lost a lot of this. And so have you, but in the old days, when I when football, when I lived and died with football, nothing better than the four p.m. game. Mm. Man, the four p.m. game in in football and and true in in college football as well on Saturdays. 
4 p.m. like you know when they would show West Coast uh, or or you know uh, West Coast uh, day games start at 4 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast. 4 p.m. felt to me like in those days, like man, this is. First of all, it's like your last bit of joy over the weekend is is that. But there, I always thought there was something so ultra cool about 4 p.m. football games. I always thought just the way the shadows were and 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 uh, everything about 4 p.m. felt really really important and cool and 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 obviously some of that is is lost not only because football is so different but also because now there's a Sunday night game and a Monday night game and a Thursday night game and all all the other stuff, but. 4 p.m. is a good sports time. That's a that is an excellent well, sports time. The I best think. thing about it is in the fall, the 4 p.m. game starts in daylight and goes to night. Yes, which yes. is the coolest thing. Like you come, like you you're starting with those shadows, those low shadows. Yeah, and then it goes to halftime, and when they come back out, it's nighttime. That nighttime. was the, that was so cool. That's that's <laughs> yes. the coolest thing when that happens. Yeah, um, 4 p.m. is good. That's a good call. I'm gonna. There's no good hours left. I'm gonna pick 11 p.m. as my final hour. Oh, interesting. For the simple reason that, generally speaking, you know, you put your kids to bed, you watch something, you get, you brush your teeth and wash your face, and you get into bed. It's 11. Like that's a pretty typical moment to like get into bed and getting right. into bed is the best. Like it's, who awesome. does it? it's like crawling into bed 11 o'clock and like reading a book and like drifting off to yep. sleep. Like I 11 is the moment that that happens more often than any other moment. So just for the fact that like, it's like the end of the day, like if you're still awake at midnight, you're, it's like a little bit like I'm going to be a little groggy tomorrow. But if you, <laughs> if you get to sleep at 11, you're, you're golden, man. Like, yeah. that, like 11 is like, it's perfect. And by the way, in our old uh, senescence, um, we have gone to sleep at 11 on like the last, I don't know, six New Year's Eves. <laughs> and, and it rules like going to bed, going to bed at 11 p.m. Like when it's like it's so easy to stay up for one more hour. To, and yeah. then, but you, you reach a point in your life where you're like, I actively don't care about yeah. the about seeing the to go from 2017 to 2018 or whatever. Uh, and it, so it's like an extra little bit of joy to see the number 11 on your clock as you go to sleep. That is so funny. That is so thumbing your nose at, at, uh, at, uh, at new year's. I, I love that. I mean, that's, it's the way it should be. 11 is an excellent reading time, by the oh, way. The I best. mean, it's, it really is good because if like you're in to a book and, and it's really a great, a great way to, uh, to, to see this, if you're really into a book. Um, and you're reading it at 11 PM, you're just, you're into it. It's great. And then suddenly you look up and like, wow, it's already past midnight. I'm, you know, I better go to bed or whatever. But if that book is not that good, nothing is better. Like at putting you to sleep than, you know, just, just having that book, like fall on your chest and you just, you're just out. And then you're like, oh, I got to go to bed here. This is awesome. Uh, so I think the 11 PM is good. I thought you were going to go with a morning hour. Like, did you, would, did you, uh, had you considered like a, a 10 AM or 11 AM? No, I think 10 and 11 are garbage. And I think that <laughs> two, three, two is the worst, two, three and five are all garbage. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and then obviously anything between midnight and six is like, there's yeah. no seven would have been legit. Seven is seven, seven is, is, can be a, can be a good hour. If I had a sixth pick, I suppose I would pick seven, but like, what's the, what's the worst hour? It's, I, I think, think it's, I think it's like 3 PM is the worst. Yeah. Hour two or maybe. 3 PM are the worst. I mean, what is the hour when you look up and you're like, man, I just absolutely want to take a nap. There's nothing I want more than to just 
it's usually right around i mean i have a i have i have two cups of coffee a day and the second one is always at three because if i don't have a cup of coffee at three i will be asleep (laughs) in two seconds (laughs) do you have like in, in in your current covid uh lair or wherever it is that you're that you're working do you have like an available couch that you'll just like in the middle of the day just go ahead and, and douse and, and yes and I have I have an office I have an office a small office in my house that just basically has a desk and a couch and the couch is um is a good nap and couch so you will do it you'll yeah. you'll stop in the middle of the day I've started to do that I've not I used to never do that but I've started during this entire time to like maybe this should be my one last meaningless thing I I have uh you know I've sort of it spent most of my adult years sort of trying to rebel against the whole nap thing, even though I've wanted to, I've just like, you know, I got too much to do. I've got to keep going, but man, I've given in a little bit to the nap thing where like a two thirty or three or, or so in the afternoon, I'm just like, man, I've got a, this wonderful little uh, recliner chair uh, in my office that I can just get into and just like doze for X number of, you know, it's never too long. Uh, cause, cause then you lose the rest of the day if you fall asleep too long, but a good, like 20 to 30 minute nap in the middle of that day, man, that people who said that was awesome. They weren't lying. It yeah. is really great. It's great. Was that your meaningless thing? We yeah, can just it's, that's, that seems meaningless it. enough. Sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe, it's one last woe. All right. I've done my uh, one last meaningless thing, so now uh, now you get to do one. Um, I uh, have sometimes if you're thirsty, you want like a can of something, you know. Sure. You don't want to just pour water into a glass, and so. But I'm trying not to drink uh, Diet Coke. You went through this Diet Coke thing. I did. I quit you, it. You quit it, and uh, and I generally have quit it too. Um, and but sometimes you want like a cold can of something. You want a, like a finite amount of something that's pre-packaged, and so. I've sure. tr- now tried every version of these kinds of flavored waters. These like, um, okay. kind of Pelleg- Pellegrino E or, <sighs> you know, La Croix or right. uh, Spindrift or Cascade. There's all these, there's a, a million kinds of them. It's a very fast growing aspect of the uh, beverage industry are these sort of like very, very lightly flavored carbonated waters. Right. Um, and I have a, an official uh, review of okay. all of them now. The official, I have official stance, an official ruling. Uh, they're all kind of bad. <laughs> they're just all like, they're not so bad that you don't want to drink them because right, again, like right. a cold uh, um, a beverage is nice and, and it, it is nice to like pop something open and drink it. But none of them are actually actively good. They're all like, they're all like just on the, on the plus side of okay, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, the, the idea behind them is they're, it's like the essence. It's like the flavor is like an essence. It's not because they're all zero calorie or like three calorie drinks. Right, right. They can't actually put anything in them. So they just have this like just hint of flavor. And all it does is make me just want the flavor. Like I just, <laughs> like a, when, you, when you tease me with the flavor of mango or, or pomegranate or something, 
Like it just makes me want to eat a pomegranate. Like I right. just, it's, like, right. it's, it's, you're, you're suggesting something to me and not actually giving it to me. And also I have this weird thing and I don't know if you have this, but does carbonated water somehow make you thirstier? Yes. It does, yes. right? It does not, it does not quench. It does not quench. For Why me. does it, how is it possible? It is water. So how is it making you thirstier? And I was like, is there sodium in it? And I looked and there's no, there's no sodium in this. The one that I just drank, I won't say what it is. Um, there's no sodium in it. It's like, it, I don't know why it should make you thirstier, but something about the carbonation makes me feel like I'm, I have negative net gain of liquid in my body. <laughs> I, I've just noticed it doesn't quench. I mean, I don't know that it necessarily makes me thirstier, but I'm certainly no less thirsty after, right. after then, drinking. And then at a certain point it, you go, well, what, why am I doing this? <laughs> What's the, if I'm not, if I'm not quenching my thirst and I'm not actually getting any real flavor, <sighs> Why? Yeah. What am, what am I doing? I, I, I've just got to, I've just got, they should, the name of the, the product should be, what's the point? I mean, it really <laughs> should be. I just, it's, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I've never gotten it. Uh, it, it feels just drink water, you know, at that yeah. point, I, I don't know, but I, but I also know exactly what you mean by the, by the, sometimes you just want to drink out of a can or out of a bottle or something. You just want yeah. You don't want to make any decisions. Just go ahead and just, you know, give it to me and I'll, I'll just drink it and it'll be well, fine. The, the, the grab and go um, impulse is strong, right? It's yes. like you yes. walk in your, you walk in your kitchen, you open the fridge, you just grab a thing and you leave instead of like getting a cup and filling it with water and adding right. ice. And then you have to worry about it spilling because it's sort of tea, you know, like. Well, they, and I, and I get nothing from bottled water. Like, like if I'm at home, like if I'm out, it's fine. But I'm saying I'm at, I'm at home and I want water. I don't really want to go for a bottled water. No. And it's, and it's, and it's ridiculous. It's like 12 ounces (laughs) of water. And then you're holding this giant piece of plastic that you know is going to end up in the Pacific ocean and ruin a fish's life. So yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish that there were some easier or better option out there. And if anybody has any suggestions, you know, uh, keep them to yourself. Cause what the hell I'm not (laughs) Plus anybody out there is already super busy on creating our list of That's all of right. the, all the drafts that we have. We done, assume so. we've, we've not been talking for like an hour and 45 minutes. So we assume you're done with your research. So just turn <laughs> that in as soon as you, as soon as you hear it, we, we will expect it by this evening. Um, well, there you go. There we go. And we, 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 we pulled off another one of these. So, really uh, that's pulled amazing. Off, pulled off is the right word. That's, that is the right, that is the right phrase. As always, Mike, thank you. Thanks for having me.